Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining episode 74 with myself and Genevieve Kim. Genevieve is a storyteller, photographer, and creative consultant. She's helped 1,500 plus people, probably 2,000 at this point, in over 24 plus countries create their badass bios through her badass bio workshop to gain clarity, confidence, and certainty in their businesses and brands. She has Triangle Flash Studio, which is a creative media company based in New York City and is someone who just has a light to her, has so much experience, whether it be with travel, internal development, social media, branding, that she wants to give it to others, serve the world in that way. And I know you can learn so much from her in this episode. So join us and join Genevieve as she opens up, tells her story, and gives extreme insight into what she knows. Dream. That's one small step for man. I am the greatest. You want something? Go get it. Period. So happy to have you, Genevieve. Thank you for joining me and us and whoever's listening. <laughs> happy New Year, Anthony. I'm excited <laughs> to start my New Year. This is my first working day and I've got this, so I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm glad I can be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, so, like I said before, you have a plethora of experience and there's many ways to describe you, right? Like storyteller, photographer, creative consultant. And I like the way people use um, names for C-suites interchangeably. Like yours is, you say, chief magic officer. Other people say like chief um, optimistic officer of their COO. But um, I would love for you to explain the start of your journey. And then I want to quote something to kind of show some of the the tail end and you can paint the picture in between which is insane i did not know you were trained to be an opera singer when you were younger mm-hmm. that's incredible but then there was a quote in an interview you did with mosaic where you said when i'm with my camera i feel connected photography saved my life it has been my companion and my teacher and i know you're doing way more than just photography now but would love had to kind of explain in whatever way you want how to how that got to work out to and how you did start the way you started. I would love to actually kind of the story does begin with, with the opera. Um, I graduated um, and trained in music and um, I gave my hand like probably a few years out of, out of university and, and really tried to pursue the path of singing. Um, and I had multiple, you know, multiple side gigs and hustles, um, between while, um, auditioning and performing. And, um, for me, I think the biggest fear that I had that was holding me back was this idea of being a starving artist. And it was ingrained in me for a very long time that that was pretty much the only path for an artist, unless you just really, really made it. And so since I was conditioned to think that, um, I thought, well, okay, I guess I should get a real job. And I went into, I, I went into business and co-founded a yoga center. And that quickly turned into this, this new foray where I realized, oh, wait, I love something else besides music. I didn't realize that I loved business. I it was not a path that I had ever considered. So, um, you know, 
for me, was it because you never tried it? Sorry to cut you off. Was it because you never tried it that you never knew or like, yeah, like that ignorance allowed you to discover uh, something new. So then you found you could expand into more. Um, I think it was just that I had always thought that I was going to be a musician. I see. Okay. So um, it was just that mindset that I had. So it wasn't necessarily that I, and and besides what I had thought was business, I really didn't know the scope of it. I thought business was spreadsheets and numbers, which it goes far, far beyond that. Right. So um, when um, my yoga teacher, she said, I'm, I'm founding a yoga center. Will you join me on this? I said, heck yeah. Like, okay, sure. I don't know why you want me because I don't have any business experience, but she's like, yeah. So I did that. Um, three years went by, we won best yoga studio. Um, and that's, I mean, I like to take a lot of pride in that because it was a very, very competitive market in San Diego where there's a yoga <laughs> studio every block in California. You know? Seriously. So um, did really well. And I then decided, I said, you know what? Um, I, I want to explore business even further. Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm just winging things. I'm learning everything on the internet, how to do things right. Um, there must be a real way to do this. So that's when I went back and got my MBA and I like challenges. So I said, okay, well, this whole business thing, I already know the marketing and this and, and a lot of um, operations from entrepreneurship, but I, thing that I really lacked was finance. So I concentrated in finance and got into management consulting after, after school. Mm. And from there I was like, okay, finance. No, I'm just, I'm not gonna, I'm, that's just like not my powerhouse at all. So I went back and uh, focused on digital marketing strategy and worked with Fortune 500 companies to really accelerate, um, you know, their their digital transformation. Um, and it's kind of funny to say, even I would say seven years ago, digital transformation was a word, right? Like now it's like, okay, marketing is digital. It's like, it's not separate. Yeah. Um, but I would say the one thing that was lacking during that time and how it goes all through a circle was that I realized that, um, I felt really, really dead inside. Um, and by that, I mean, I was really depressed, um, had really um, hit rock bottom and while I was working. And I realized that it wasn't because that, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, something chemical. Really, I think it was just the state of not doing what I wanted to do. So much of this was fear-based of not wanting to be a starving artist. And I said, if so I'm yeah, going to, the mind was trying to tell you something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it totally was. And so um, for me, it ended up becoming um, this, this question of like, well, then what am I really going to do? And I remember during business school, I had struggled with depression as well. And one of the psychologists told me, you know, he's like, one of the doctors said, what is that you really love to do? Like, if you could just, you know, do something that would get you out of the house. What is it? And I said, it would be photography. And, um, and so he said, that's all you need to do. And I was like, what? I, I have school, I have, you know, all everything else coming up. And so that permission to just do that and focus and find joy in that really just ignited a whole new world for me. 
And this lifelong, you know, kind of relationship I've had where it was more or less like casual friends, I would say with photography really transformed into just this beautiful budding friendship. And I learned so much from it and learned a lot from myself. And then I, after, after um, leaving a client meeting, I had, um, I just realized I needed to get like, the, the, it was an aha moment. I had an ulcer. I was had a panic attack and went to the ER wow. and I was like, holy wow. shit. Like I'm this stressed out and I really am not in a good space. And I remember not that long ago, I was lying on the bathroom floor thinking, am I going to end my life? And so um, that's when it came full circle that I really did need to get back to the artistry within me. And I knew it wasn't going to be through voice anymore, um, but just another form of letting my voice go through through pictures. And so without without a, a plan, I put in my two weeks notice and I left and became, you know, I just decided I was going to become a photographer and I had never, ever had a client before in photography. I had never done any some anything of the sorts. Um, never been paid to do it, but I was like, no, I'm going to do it. So that led to one thing or another and many, many surprising unraveling journeys led me to start, um, the triangle flash media, which is, um, a creative studio. And then with COVID, um, we, I've been focused so much more on the marketing aspect of getting brands lifted and, it really comes back to all about coming back to that um, starving artist myth. Mm -hmm. And so today my mission really is around eradicating the lone artist and the starving artist myth and allowing people to tell stories and to really express themselves. And Mm. I do believe that there is a marriage between being successful and making money and having a lot in in security and the bank while being an artist yeah yeah exactly because it wasn't always i mean i was born in the uh it was like 1998 so like early or early aughts but like even before then in like the 60s 70s even before that like artists kind of like kind of the thing the guitar on the side of the street type thing like not many survived so it's so nice now though it's like this stuff of um, like social capitals being democratized and people can be more independent. That's why creators are becoming entrepreneurs. Like you see all these stories. So it's like people need that, that kind of golf caddy to do well in their um, golfing game where you're like their, their coach to help them thrive. Cause a lot of people, especially younger ones are, are somewhat lost. They don't know how to do it well. So it's like, there's such a need to have someone like you enter into their life. You know? Yeah. 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 I think that, I mean, to go back to that idea of um, what you were mentioning for having golf caddy, it is exactly Mm -hmm. to me, this companionship that we need in, especially when we're we're in this creative, um, creative space, because ultimately we're never creating in a vacuum. I just, I don't think that. And so the lone artist myth perpetuates this inability to just, collaborate to ship to actually build something even more grand um and 
I've just found so much fruit in being able to work with others and I get more creativity infused Mm. um, when I have conversations with people, like people are oftentimes my biggest source of inspiration. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. there's, there's one thing you said that I thought was really cool. And then I actually have one question in mind. You said, uh, someone asked like where your superpower was and, and you said your superpower is like seeing others superpowers. And I was like, that's the most fire thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so I, um, it's cool that like you had to discover it for yourself, but now you want to uh, do that for other people that are trying to discover it for their own. Um, I was going to ask you though, like, how do you balance taking action with like creating a, a direction? You know what I mean? Cause I think it's important to like, when you talk about branding, like having a strategy set in place, but as you talk about like sharing and in action is key like what is that how is that harmonization made i think it's much like um i think it's much like any sort of athletic training um you know i when i think about just the endurance so i used to love running and do races and for me there's always a mixture between um, you know, short runs, long runs. And then there are the days where I'm doing cross training. So I'm doing yoga or I'm actually doing rest. And I think that's similar to any sort of endeavor that we're doing where we're not hitting the pavement, pounding the pavement every single day, but that it's different types of muscles that we're using, including our muscle to reflect including the muscle to integrate and to, you know, um, actually evaluate or reevaluate. And then there's the mo- there are the times when it's just the only way that you have anything to reflect on or evaluate is through having done something. And so I'm a yeah. big believer in what, you know, Seth Godin says is just ship it. I'm, I'm all about that because only from having put something out do we actually get the type of feedback? Cause the rest is just all in our head then. And it's fictitious. Um, mm. But there is a story that I, I, I would love to share in that I used to hate posting on social media. And um, I used to think that it was um, narcissistic. It was uh, just a waste of time. And I used to be so defiant towards, it. I was like, who is, who is, um, you know, this platform to tell me that, you know, ev- my art needs to be in a one by one, you know, and I'm just like, this <laughs> yeah. is so limiting and all of this. And, um, I did then set out as a challenge for myself to just start posting. I did a, did like a mini challenge for myself where I wanted to post daily about, um, I wanted to post daily about my, I just, I chose benches for whatever reason as the theme. So I was photographing pictures of benches. Yeah. Or like people on benches or just what is the idea concept of public spaces and where people share them or, you know, conversation. And, um, and so I started that and it was on the platform lo.co and soon enough, I mean, it just picked a momentum and then I became an LO featured artist. And it was, I had no intention, but other than I liked the platform because it wasn't algorithmic, um, algorithmically based. It was purely about, you know, timing. So whatever was just posted came up on top. And so that was when I first got this test of like, 
oh, it's interesting. I'm actually having conversations with people who are saying, oh, that's nice. That's cool. And I'm also being acknowledged on the platform where it wasn't just about algorithms, but was more like um, kind of more or less relationships that I had built um, with folks who were like, great work, or I love this lighting yeah. that you did. I'm here. And then I went down and I was like, okay, no more social media. Like I'm just done with it. Um, but the lesson of that one was like, it was, it went really well. Like I, I actually got to the point where it, there was traction and momentum. A few years later, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I got to do this whole social media thing, especially Instagram if I'm a, if I am a visual mm -hmm. artist. And so I just decided that I was going to do a, a bit more and I was just going to post a few times a week, I'm not going to do this whole everyday thing. And no joke from the time that I just started posting a little bit to the time where, you know, I, um, until I started to get client inquiries from that was almost immediate. Like it was wow. probably cool. thereafter, like someone found me um, on Instagram and we ended up launching together, like a six figure project together. And it was really just to say and go to show that, it, it's not like I need to live and breathe on there. And it changed my perception about really my relationship to what is it about? What is the act that I'm doing? Is it that I am showing up on social media or is it just the act of showing up period? And so for mm -hmm. me, it's now it's like, okay, with a click of a, uh, with one click of a button, we're showing up to 1 billion people. And so in that in that in each platform, there's about a billion people. And so it's really a signal and a call instead of going door to door or maybe, you know, doing mints or salons or, you know, knocking on gallery stores. It's, it was, it was more of, I'm showing up, I'm putting my work out here. This is the main reason why I decided to be an artist was because I had something to say or that I had something to express. And from that, I happened to just Autumn, it was like so natural and organic mm -hmm. where I was getting clients that way. And it was, it was minimal. So I think that I do highly, highly encourage that like probably one of the biggest sources of action is just ship and deliver. Just and ship it. Yeah. Just ship it. That's like, that's the action. I would say that we get the most growth from. Yeah. I, I love Seth as well, but I, I appreciate everything you said. And I, um, I, I can tell now and I can see the, the point in which you had that click between begin posting and then getting clients as well, um, which I believe some of your first clients were like, like really amazing. But uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But um, it seemed like then was like you were at you were you're in you're now more in flow and like spontaneity type and you're freely expressing yourself where. I was before a long time ago and many can be before they actually click themselves is like kind of forcing it, but it's only what I found until like pushing the needle forward until I actually truly found who I, who I was and who I wanted to um, become creatively. But uh, can you talk about those beginning couple of clients? Cause I have a couple of questions in relation to like the work itself um, with how you started with photography. Yeah. Um, what's, what, what I found to be kind of a, an interesting point was that I always felt like the, the only way that I could produce work was if it was, um, you know, if it was for clients and I had to pitch to them and I had to beg them. 
you know, basically yeah. like you um, kind of allowing them to call the shots in terms of creativity and whatever, everything was going to come out. But I knew that based on my corporate experience, I said, I left corporate so that I could really call the shots um, and that I could be the most creative that I wanted to be. So um, I just followed my curiosity, um, to, mm. to be honest. And my first curiosity was while I was in Lebanon, I wanted to know, I was like, you know what? I think it'd be really cool to, and I'd be, I mean, I'm just beyond cool. I don't think that's even the word. It's kind of sacrilegious to say, but it was really, really um, curious and definitely had this desire to learn, you know, the culture there. And so I had a friend who worked at UN Habitats at the time. And I said, you know, I would really like to actually, can I, do some work for you guys. Can I photograph for you? And um, so that ended up being where I was photographing mm. various vulnerable neighborhoods throughout the country. And during that survey, um, there was a um, there's a Palestinian refugee camp, and I met this woman, and she's um, she's in the camp, and she's showing me around and introducing me to people. And the next thing I know, I'm in, in her house and she's showing me everything that's wrong, like from lack of water to just, you know, there's like just that they're basically living with nothing and that they need serious help. And I had no idea how I was supposed to help. I was like, I don't know how I can help you other than her daughter comes rushing out and she's like, take a picture of me. She's like, I know Sura. And so like, I was like, okay, take a picture of you. And the, I think that very single moment of making that photograph with her was my moment of, you know, I may not be able to provide you funds or, you know, provide you aid relief immediately right now, but what I can do is actually share your story. And, and I can acknowledge you as another person. So that was when I, I started the project ICU. And that project alone was purely just this desire for me to practice seeing people more because I lived in New York at the time. And it, would, it was so common for me to just really like headphones in, never look at the guy who had just asked me for a dollar um, for me to just really rush by and not acknowledge the other people. New York, the New York flow. Yeah, totally. Yes, exactly. And I started to do this project and I said, I was, I'm going to photograph a thousand people and as a practice of, for me to see. And also I just love portraiture. So I started to do this and at a pop-up friends, pop-up market in, in New York. And one thing led to another um, I get asked to do this for um, a co-working community that I was part of. And they said, like, we also want to do a dinner event series around this and all this. Mm -hmm. And so they commissioned me to bring the project to their space. And then I had another, I had another company ask me the same thing. They said, wow, these are beautiful photos. These are beautiful portraits. Can you tell this kind of story for our agents worldwide. Um, so then I photographed again, more 
more individuals around the world. And then I had another client, right? Who was just like, okay, this is really awesome. We, we really love, can you do something of the ICU nature? Like, you know, so it became kind of this yeah. aesthetic and look. And that's when it hit me that I had to one, I had to show up. I had to just do the project. And two, I was doing this project purely because it was something that I felt deeply called to. And I also was genuinely curious about, and it wasn't initially about putting expectations and pressure on, is this going to have a revenue um, goal? Is this going to be profitable? It was genuinely, um, is this something that I'm interested in? And as cliche as it sounds, and I was I didn't have the expectation. The money did come in. I even got um, the opportunity to share it. Um, one a retailer on Broadway asked, you know, they said there's a shoe company um, called Melissa Gallery, and they're like huge Brazilian shoe brand, and they have this huge store down in Soho. And they were like, hey, you know, we'd love for you to bring this project to this store, and you know, do these things for passersby. And also, if you want, you can you can display these photos so on their big LCD screen. So I bring all these examples of you know just the the times that clients reached out to me because it wasn't me begging for will will you let me do this project? It was I have a project that I really care about, and mm. um, I'm here to just continue to do it without expectation of anything. And that's when folks just, you know, really gravitated towards it. So I think my third lesson um, between, you know, the showing up and doing something that I really care about is, is actually um, just putting it out there with consistency. Like I was just like, okay, this is going to be my focus. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really powerful. Seriously. And I was going to ask where has, like all in in the beginning, you said too you wanted to be finan like have people that you work with be financially independent and secure, but also just full on artists. And it's so interesting. And I talked about this with someone the other day. Is that money when you want it, it actually comes kind of this counterintuitive way when you don't seek it out or like you don't ask for it. It's kind of like if you do work for free, the money comes to you that kind of aspect too. But I was going to ask too, you've been to Lebanon, like you've seen all these crazy places. You've been to all these beautiful places too. Um, what has all of that taught you with traveling and, and uh, photographing people like kind of a, cause I know you shared the three things before, but like a thing you've seen in all of them in like a kind of aggregate way. Um. You know, I would take away from your question, like, what has travel really been to me? Um, you know, if I really think about the question, travel in general has been likely my greatest source of inspiration. And it, it's, it's like an opener of perspective and it requires a great deal of just going, getting out of the comfort zone. And it also has taught me just the sheer I guess the sheer ability to connect with people, um, you know, that we have a lot more, more things in common than we realize. 
Um, and that actually people live so differently than we do, and yet they can still be happy. And so I think it, it, it predisposed me to think about how I wanted to live and actually really helped encourage me to continue to live the way that I wanted to live instead of these preconceived, you know, traditional norms of I need to get, you know, I should have stayed in corporate or that I should have, you know, done something a bit more traditional. Um, mm. And yet, no, it's actually, there's so many different ways to live. Yeah. Those doubts can creep up sometimes though. Yeah. 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 No, I was, I was reading about, cause I took a deep dive into just everything you've done and I saw the one post about when you went to Burning Man and that's one of my bigger goals too. Like I would love to experience that, but it's interesting in that when you went there, you were kind of feeling in a, in a lull with photography and just like being a creative in general, but it's when obviously at Burning Man and as you um, journaled and summarized in your article, like giving is the main thing with that. And, you know, giving, I was just talking to someone before, like it's synonym for like love as well. Mm. Um, so it's like you, that thing of photography reemerged when people needed photos and you gave that creative expression of photo taking, um, and like creatively capturing can even call it for other people. Um, but I just found that really cool too. And I don't know if this is a question of like you explaining Burning Man as much, but like, how did you feel when that reemerged for you? Because I cannot imagine how insane Burning Man was. <laughs> what was it, like 2018 or sooner? Or It was 2018. And okay. very interesting um, is that, I mean, I was really, really lucky to go with the camp that I went with. And I was really, really just absolutely blessed to have had the experience and then to be part of a community where they were like, this is your offering and this is your gift. Um, and so we want to fully support you in that. And basically they helped me with my, like they basically got my ticket to go to Burning Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what I think from, you know, just that whole experience, cause I was also kind of going back into a depressive lull. Um, and cause I was just tried to get off of my antidepressant medicine and certain things weren't equalizing. And so I was in a very tough place mentally, but I found solace again in the moments when I was meeting strangers and having conversations with them out in the playa. And there were these photographs that probably like some of my favorite that I made in collaboration with other artists. And up until that point, I probably had considered myself an imposter, like that I was not really, even though I had already done certain things for certain clients, I still thought like, eh, you know, like I'm not really, I'm not, you know, I'm like, eh, still like in the budding phases, a novice, an imposter. And it was only until um, there was a fellow filmmaker and I, loved his work. I was like, Oh my God, holy shit. Your work's amazing. Um, only when it was, when he was like, well, you're the maestro. So you tell me what to do. And I was like, I'm the maestro. Really? Like I, what what is, what does maestro mean? Maestro, um, is it literally means teacher, but you also use maestro to be, um, conductor. The, the maestro is the conductor of a symphony. Basically like you're the director. And so for him to call me that I was like, 
oh, okay. So I get to, again, it was like, okay, I get to lead this. Um, I'm going to create a story. And that's when, I mean, we photographed during a dust storm, a sandstorm, and it worked so well. And he was so willing. And my camera, like to this day, it's still like filled with like this particular lens is filled with dust particles. Like I've lost. It's just <laughs> yeah. like done. Um, but it was truly, truly epic. I mean, there was just like wind. And then I also remember other moments where I was, I realized that I was photographing in some of the most difficult, um, the harshest con conditions that there could be um, with so many things to juggle, mm. bike, dust, um, moments here, there, no cell phone to like know where to be and all these things. And everything worked out perfectly. And that's when I realized in that experience that I really had put myself in a position through all the travel that I had done previously to just know how to go with the flow and to seize and see the moments and the stories as they come moment to moment. And mm. to, instead of thinking about, okay, is this like the perfect shot, but just to be more experimental than anything of like, I'm just going to make, make a photo because I see something again, it goes back to curiosity. Just, I see something um, and I'll, I want to, yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. You want to, yeah, exactly. You want to see it through just that aspect of creating. I, um, I wanted to get into a more like step-by-step, -step, uh, pragmatic way of, of coming back to how you help others. Cause everything. And a lot of what we touched on is like self-inquiry, self-inquiry, self-discovery, like self-acceptance in a way. But when you do work with others, cause I want people to know more about triangle flash and what you do as just to create a consultant, like if someone were to come on and sit, be in a spot you were when you were really young of like, I have this imposter syndrome. I don't want to express myself. I'm young. People won't accept me because I'm young. I haven't done much like, or just in general, maybe it's an experienced company. Like what, if they're seeking step one to step four, like help me find my why. And then let's actualize it into the world through social or whatever digital like, how do you go through the process with them? How do I, I actually do it as a, yeah, as how, a consultant? How do you, as a consultant, yeah. You know, I do start with, um, I always, I, I start with a magic carpet ride, pretty much always a magic carpet visualization and asking where, you know, your this, this magic carpet takes you five years mm -hmm. into the future. Like and that. you're sitting there and five years into the future, you have landed at the, the perfect spot that you had hoped for and dreamed of. And what do you see? Who are you with? Um, what are you doing? What, mm. what are you being, are you like, what are you remembered for um, in the last five years? And people, you know, you see that this, you're at this, banquet or you're at this party and people are toasting to you what are they saying to you and at, at that moment you know I think we can we generally you know we can change over the course but I think when we think in that five-year segment it gives us opportunity to think a little bit sh more short term than say what do I want to be known for in my grave 
Like that's just yeah. like, oh my God, nobody knows that. I mean, it's just like yeah. too grand and far. Um, but given just, you know, I know the acceleration of, of time and all of this, maybe even just say, what do you want to be remembered in three years now? Um, since things are just so unknown, but to just look and reflect, like, what do you want that to be in the near short, in the near future? And what are the qualities? And I don't necessarily think about what it is. So then the second step is after you've seen that is, um, really identifying what are your superpowers. So, and, Mm -hmm. and owning them, no matter how seemingly trivial at the time they may be to things that, you know, maybe are really grand and acknowledging all of them and to really take into account. I think it's, you know, as they say, know thyself is really important. And I do, do firmly believe that. And I know that when we're young, cause I'm, I'm still young and I'm like, am I really like, you know, I still, you know, I'll be like, what do I want to be when I grow up, you know? And I still like, right. It's a constant question, I think. But um, Mm -hmm. I think if we know at least a starting point, because a starting point from there of what did we see in three years? What is the, who, like, you know, what are our superpowers really owning that, that and our value to ourselves. And then from there is to ask the question is um, what, what is one step that I can take today to, to actually, right. To, to embody that and to be that is because. So after that, I would say coupled with three and four is like, maybe I would say first, even before, like, what is one step I can take? It's the question of, um, so what can I do in the next, you know, few months that will help me get to that next step? And then what is it that I need to do in the next week? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty structured in like my planning where I have my month, I have my quarterly goals, I have my monthly goals, and then um, week by week, every week, I'm like, these are the things that I need to do. And I also wanted to mention, it's, it's actually funny because I resonate with that too. Yeah, I have this, I don't know why I have this book right here next to me, but I reread it and it's called the miracle equation. It's by Hal Elrod and I can't recommend it enough. Um, I, he wrote the miracle morning series and that's how I first started to get to know him. So he helped me out of my whole depression. Um, like I first read him way back, like many years ago. And then fast forward, um, this book came out, I think this year. And I happened to, you know, I said, Hey, he's in Austin. Um, I want to meet him. So I sent him an email and I said, can I photograph you? Yeah. I was like, can I photograph you? And he, we end up like, he's, he's just like such an incredible human being and meeting him and his spirit and his heart. And so, um, I decided to reread this and um, I wanted to make this kind of like my ritual, but what's the two things that are in here, I think is that I would take away is also creating a ritual around creating a ritual around um, success and the habits that will get you moving forward. So just being really, yeah. And I think as I think it comes down to just consistently showing up. So 
I may, I may, I've been making it a process, right? So that it becomes, it's a process, not just like, okay, end results that I need, but to enjoy the process of what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis that's in support of that three-year, five-year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, uh, I love, cause so many people, they have a, sh- a way of getting people out of their funk through strategy, but I love that you have the, the magic carpet. Cause then it's like, it's all about reframing and perspective to get people out of their own head to think about it differently. So you get them to see the meta um, and then they can reverse engineer it to like the day to day. That's super powerful. And I mean, you, I don't, I don't know the exact number. It's probably growing, but you said you help like 1500 plus people. I mean, that's a, that's a number in and of itself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, I'm actually excited because I think, you know, 2021, I wrote down that I wanted to help launch, um, a thousand businesses. So, um, mm. let's see what happens. Um, and yeah. dare I say, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually in the process of writing, um, my first book and it's going to be coming let's out. In, <laughs> yeah, I know it's, <laughs> it's coming out in March. Uh, so now I have real accountability that it, like I need, wow. it's, it's supposed to come out in March and, it's called my big fuck yous memoirs of a creative entrepreneur. So <laughs> it's a huge, like, you know, F you to everything that we, we think that we should do and, and how we should do things um, as creatives and especially, you know, and more so it's broadly speaking of like, how can we design our life to be exactly in alignment? Um, hmm. So it, that probably would, I mean, I'm hoping it helps provide some context for, for those who are just getting into this, this new career path that we really can design it to be exactly how we want it to. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's a terrific title. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, uh, I saw, I saw on the, uh, your triangle flash Instagram, you, um, you posted something recently. I don't know the exact date, but uh, it was, it ha- it said, oh, it said, how are you with a question mark? And it had a, the how is crossed off and it said who instead. So who are you? And um, I think that's like an embodiment of like what you do and like who, like what you're about in, in terms of helping people understand who they are and then engineering it in a way and structurizing in a way for them to get there. But um, I might use that more. I like, I might repost that picture too. That's like such a, solid thing (laughs) solid way to go about it i gotta say this it's it's really interesting because you know you refer to my instagram i have i have um chain you know i go through cycles a lot with when it comes to social media and posting Mm -hmm. and um most recently i have been less engaged on there because i know i'm i've been more engaged on the live events front. So I want to, I do want to kind of stress that even if I'm not active there, that I'm, you know, trying to like be consistent about showing up in other places. And I don't think that we, you know, we need to all be Gary V's and have 30 posts go out in a single day. Um, I think it's more the muscle of, are we showing up? Um, Yeah. 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 Yeah, Especially like for yourself and like for what you want to do 
Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, this guy has other dreams and he's doing that to fuel what he has to do to make himself a brand to then when he takes over, you know, these bigger companies in like a private equity type way to grow them, sell them, make money. And so he can buy the jets eventually, which is like, I, I know him so well. And I know he's like a guy I want to get to know more individually on a personal level, but like he has his dreams and then like other people out there. So it's like, what, like you said before, like what, on the day-to-day works best to get you to where you want to um it's definitely be about being true to yourself too because if you know you're showing up elsewhere then um you don't have to overextend yourself like one thing i used to do really bad just to, on a personal note is like i uh, i used to work extremely hard into the night and mm-hmm. um let my work bleed out into the evening and i wouldn't get the proper rest i needed I would wake up later than usual and then I would kind of feel down on myself for not being on top of the ball. But um, I realized only when I stopped uh, like over, it was like doing too much to kind of mask this thing of me not thinking I'm doing enough. Cause I, you could say it was somewhat comparing to like you. other people are doing so much um, where it's like, I do need my rest. I like, I'll watch a movie one night out of the week Um and like do what I need to, to be my hundred percent. Um, so I think that aspect of being true to yourself is like really important as a creative. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's what I really resonated and and why I so like when I'm next gen put out, you know, your little profile, I was like, I got to meet this guy, like dream big. That's, that's just epic, you know, and I think it's so awesome. The stories that you're telling and the way that you're telling them it's again, I've already, I've already, I know I've told you this, but they're beautifully done. And I, I love just the, the style. Um, and, and even just like the type of type of profiles you chose. I mean, you can choose so many different people to profile and who mm. you chose is just absolutely epic. And, you know, I think is, as for me, like when, you know, something that resonated was I, I have been in that state where, because what I do is also what I love and it's a passion of mine, where do, where does, you know, where do the lines, you know, where do I allow myself to make sure that I'm setting, um, a good balance of, in all that I'm doing. And I'm, probably not the best to follow because I'm an extremist. Like I happen to just, I'm finally learning. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I'm finally learning to just kind of uh, not get, get too in this, in the seesaw of things. But um, one thing that I found is re- like allowing myself to just do little, 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 and um know that the rest is already going to get taken care of that, you know, there's Mm. part of the creative process that I put in and then there's the rest of the creative process where it's not in my control. And so my desire to work super hard is a part of, you know, likely like the, what makes, you know, what I, what makes the work different and, and, and distinguishable, but it's also, I think sometimes my lack of trust and faith that everything's going to unfold that the way it is. And so I've kind of decided for 2021 to just allow myself to surrender more into, I do my part. Mm. And then the folks that I work with, right. There's, there's a certain, 
chemistry. Um, it's like cooking where there's other flavors that are going to combine. And I don't need to, I don't need to do everything. I don't need to produce everything. I can allow the team that I chose to work with in the first place, right. To, to, I guess, elevate the project in and itself. Mm. And that's where I see, that's where I love the creative process because you, I'm sure you know how we storyboard one thing is not what it looks like in the very, very end. Like it's just, and, and pretty much I like nine times out of 10, it's even better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just yeah. is like, it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that, that's the word surrendering in and of itself. That's so, that's so well articulated. I, um, yeah, the aspect of like, uh, psychological flexibility, being able to change, you know, I think that's sometimes where, uh, the creative can, that can be the weakness, right? Cause the strength is creating, but the weakness is like the opposite side of your strength, which is like perfectionism. Um, so once you surrender to that, it's like you're, you're trusting in the process. That's where it comes from. Trusting in God, whatever you believe in, trusting in the source. Right. Um, yeah. I did see on plenty of interviews that you talk about, like, just being more like divinely in tune with, you know, the source and just letting it work through you kind of like a vessel. Um, it's powerful. It's really powerful. But I, uh, I always like to ask as well um, in a creative kind of way as well is to leave like a, a cause I know you like, this is, I didn't even mean to say this too, but you like dancing as well, but um, leaving like a, a space for you to kind of like do your thing and dance and, talk about anything that's top of mind as the year ended, as we're recording at the start of 2021, as we mentioned in the beginning, um, anything you want to speak on for people's people to hear or people to really keep in mind as they do their thing. Cause there was a lot great stuff here, but um, I always like to just leave that for, for the other pe um, guest and person speaking some gems. You know, what's really interesting is um, by the way, are you editing this? Yeah, I can edit this. <laughs> no, you're like, no, I'm not editing these because I kind of want to go grab. Um, yeah, 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 you can do your thing. I'm going to go grab really quickly. Um, hold on one second. Okay. And I, I wrote, because I've been doing this gratitude journal. Um, mm -hmm. You've been doing that for a while, right? Yeah, I've been doing a gratitude journal, but like then, you know, it's, it's, again it's all about right trying to be a bit more consistent so um i have this app by the way it's called flow state so if you stop typing after like a few seconds it erases everything so it's again it's kind of like for fake what folks, that like, has to be the coolest thing i've ever heard yeah it's re it is really cool it's called flow state it's an app um and so i just i use it to just keep me writing and um it will delete everything after and it's happened to me once or twice before i'm like gosh dang it <laughs> So I got to start all over again. Um, but I just wrote like the stream of consciousness of um, like on the 30th of what I was just really grateful for. And I just felt a call of just stream of consciousness. So um, I'd love to just read it and share it. Oh, that's, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, stream of consciousness, folks. <laughs> okay. Things that I am grateful for today. I'm grateful for the sun rising upon my face and knowing that it will continue to rise every single morning. 
Yes, we are alive today, and for the short time that we are alive, it is the time to seize the day with all the creative energy in the world. What do we know is possible? Today, I'm grateful for the warmth of the family next to me, um, the harmony and understanding of the human beings with whom I share this journey with that I can safely call my brothers and sisters family. Tonight, we unite in our hands. I'm grateful for those who wish to reflect and gather in the presence of all that is good and all that is beautiful in the world. I'm grateful for the animals that teach me their ways of being without thinking, but just knowing who they are and who they are meant to serve. They are here to serve the trumpet of dawn that beats in their hearts with arms open wide and walking into the dawn of a pulse of a new era into which we walk hands wide open and without worry. For we know that it isn't what we can't, but for what we can. We are the triumph of the day. We hold the deepest voices of our inner growl we know that we are not alone and that together we can overcome. We have been given free agency to be who we are, to manifest all that is in our hearts, to bravely, vicariously, and courageously enter into the unknown with all that is to come. We know that there are so many beautiful things that are waiting down below and to understand that there is only one thing and one thing only that we can do behind our masks is to know who we really are. Who are we? We are the voices of Psalms and children of the unwrongs. We are the optimists who know that it is not the pessimists who shall hold us back. We have got the biggest fuck you of all time to say I can and I will until the end of time. What is even more important is that we reflect and gather in our strength and our undoing of stories and worries that we can ultimately shake off the dim of the night and head into the light for the saviors within reach of our final calling. Be who you know you can be. See you know who see who you know is in the mirror. Reflect back on what is carrying you forward. For in the end of time, there is no lie greater than the one that we are alone. We are never alone. Together, we walk with hands open into a portal, into the next succession of awe, magic, mystery, and rapture. Into the skies above our heads lies dreams that await to rise. Only for magic can we believe in that tomorrow is here and now together in our hearts of collectivity, our memories together of open love, unwavering faith and story. Unbelievable. That, and that was just one stream of consciousness writing. Sometimes it happens. It doesn't always happen. That's incredible. <laughs> that I'm telling you, like that has to be framed or put somewhere for many to see it. Really. That was like, that was like a combination of like a, a prayer slash like gratitude journal slash like departing before death type. I mean, that was unbelievable. Like there was just so much, there was so much beauty in that. Seriously. I, I, yeah. Oh, thank you. Th I, I, I just feel like the sentiment is um, let's do this together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause you were I with other people when you wrote it. Right. I wasn't with other people before I wrote it. Um, I, I was just, you know, it was actually right before I was going to do an event, which was called reflect and gather. And, uh, it was basically just reflect and gather on 2020 and close it out. Um, and it just really struck me to just kind of put into perspective, like this was a, this was a challenging year. And, um, but at the same time, I think it was some something in, in many ways a blessing for us all to be connected again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I uh, 
I couldn't have asked for a better way to end a discussion. I always leave room for people to talk, but the fact that you shared that was excellent. And I'll make sure we put the stuff in the show notes, footnotes, description, et cetera, <laughs> for people to follow you. Um, but yeah, cheers. Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. And I am yeah. wishing so much luck and success to dream big. And yeah, you just know that I'll be watching and supporting and cheering, cheering you guys on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much.